All right, your name and title, please. Yeah, Dr. Brian Merrill, Executive Director of School Leadership. I oversee secondary campuses, CT, and fine arts. So I know the answer to this first question, but not to my follow-up. So how many kids do you have, and how much is playing the Powerball part of your strategy to send them to college? <laughs> well, uh, it's definitely, I don't play the Powerball. I do have seven children. So uh, I know we have four adopted and three biological. I have a 28-year-old son, a 25-year-old son, and a 22-year-old son that are all adopted through CPS. We have three grandchildren, and they live in El Paso. Our oldest biological child is 21. He, he's here at a I have a 19-year-old son that's here at a as well, uh, biological. And I have a 16-year-old adopted daughter from Guatemala. And then I have a 14-year-old daughter that's uh, biological that's at Davila. And so they're all, uh, two have graduated from Bryan High. Uh, they're all kind of in the Brazos Valley, except my 28-year-old. He's sitting over in El Paso. We're hoping to get him a little closer. Hopefully he's going to move to Dallas. Uh, it's hard not to see the three grandkids. So we're very, very blessed. My wife and I have been married for over 20 years. And so uh, I outpunted my coverage, to say the least. As a father of one, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't all happen at once, and she'd tell you that it didn't all come from her body. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of the way she would, would phrase it. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know that we necessarily intended to have seven, uh, but the Lord just does something. And then, um, you know, he tells you to hang out with widows and orphans, and when you do that, it, it kind of happens naturally. So the older three are, are biological. They're all biological brothers. So. Um, when you take one, you take all three. And uh, so we're just really, really blessed. It's, it's definitely a colorful family. It's never boring. Uh, the, the dinner time is, uh, food is just, uh, it's, it's massive. It's pretty amazing when we were all together, what everyone can eat. Wow. And so it's, it's definitely fun. Welcome to Brazos Matters. I'm Jay Sokol, and I get to visit today with Dr. Brian Merrill, Executive Director for School Leadership at Brian ISD. Brian, thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So you and I haven't met before today, but here's here's what a little bit of research about you revealed. Oh, gosh. Um, you hold three degrees from Texas A&M University. Yes, sir. That feels excessive to me. <laughs> um, you began as a class... <laughs> me too. The bank account as well. <laughs> you began as a classroom teacher and eventually moved into roles of assistant principal and principal, those who were in the Cypher and Waller School Districts yes, before coming to Bryan ISD yes, in 2018. Sir. And when you were hired here, a news story uh, said you would be, this is a quote, responsible for the primary role of supervising and supporting campus administrators and staff in Bryan ISD. And you did a little bit of this uh, a couple minutes ago, but do it again. Give me a layperson's description right. of what you were here at Bryan ISD to do. So I, I get the, the pleasure of working with our secondary principals uh, this year. Last year, I was over half the principals, and this year, I'm just over basically half the student body, but it's all the secondary folks. And so I work with middle school, high school. That's primarily my background. I was a teacher, science teacher, biology teacher, chemistry teacher uh, at the high school in Cypress Fairbanks. And then I was an instructional coach there in Cypress, eventually an assistant principal at the middle school. And then I moved over to Waller ISD, and I did that there. And so I work primarily with principals. The bulk of my career has been on a campus, supervising campus, working with, with campus leadership, and so doing that as a principal. So I've been an intermediate principal for multiple years, a middle school principal for multiple years, and then a high school principal for almost a decade. So I've done done the principalship for quite a while, and I love working with campuses, principals, assistant principals, uh, teachers, students, and just being able to help them look at the campus and improve it in various ways and help solve problems if those arise and look at the best ways to maximize all that we have, all the great things that we've got going on. This is a horrible question to ask you. I hate questions like this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Sure. What is what does a typical day look like for you? Because that <laughs> what you just described is a lot. 
It is. I, you know, I get the wonderful opportunity. It's it's all over the place. It's sort of like the Texas weather. So you never know what's going to be around the corner. And when you get 17,000 kids and you get a lot of uh, employees together, we're a small city, to be completely honest with you. And so it's just the opportunity to work through and to maximize all that we're doing and leverage the resources that we have to improve our students' lives. Hmm. And so I get the wonderful opportunity to look at and to to work with staff and students and teachers. And the fact that I'm not necessarily tied to a campus, but I get to go between the campuses and work on problems and, and good problems in a lot of ways, ways of improving things, is just a gift. Um, it's, it's really leveraging all that we have to improve the life of not only our staff, but our students in various ways. And so in some cases, it's having difficult conversations with parents. And, you know, there's moments, there's challenges, and we're working through those, building relationships with those guys and um, with our parents and our teachers and our students. And, and then other times, it's just looking at what can we do better? How can we improve this? And we're already great, but how do we even make it better? And how do we improve what we're doing uh, with CCMR, our college career military ready? How do we guarantee that when kids graduate uh, from Brian High Rudder for MC, Har- MC Harris, that they're prepared for wherever they want to go, whatever they want to do. Mm. If that's career, where what do they want to do? If that's the military, how is it that we can best prepare them for that? Or if it's college, or if it's all of the above. And so we want the and, and we're blessed to be able to do that in this district where we're the great size. Our superintendent, Ms. Carabine, says we're the, we're the best size where we're not too big that we don't have to worry about all of the problems that exist in a, in a large district like Cypress Fairbanks. But we're not too small where we can't offer all of the all of the necessary programs. And so we're right in the middle where really and truly we have everything that anyone could possibly want and then some. Hmm. And so it's a gift. Like I said, two of my kids have graduated from Bryant. They're both here uh, in college. They both graduated uh, with welding certificates and ASE certifications in automotive. And so oh, wow. we wanted to be able to have, and that's just representative of really what the kids can do in various ways. So whether it's IB, AP, uh, Capstone over at Rudder, or dual credit or whatever, there's just this broad breadth of opportunities that the kids exist. So I get to work in, a, in such a gift. I get to work with the principals as we are um, celebrating graduation. I, I can tell you that there's nothing better than standing on the stage and watching those kids walk across. Um, there, there are snapshots in my mind of each one of our graduations where they're throwing their caps and we're moving the tassel from one side to the other. And it's just such a moment, not only for the students and the teachers and really everyone, the entire system that's gotten them to that place, but then the parents. And there's such pride. And uh, it's just a gift. So I get to do that. I get to work with them in extracurricular. I get to see them on the fields and in the classrooms and on all of the arenas, uh, singing and playing music and performing in all the various, various ways. And so it's just fun, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, you you sell that pretty well. That does sound like a pretty fun job. <laughs> it is. Well, okay, so let's drill down into some specific things. So sure. you guys recently hosted a Brian ISD showcase during a first Friday in Absolutely. downtown Brian. So tell me, what was that exactly? Why is something like that needed? And, yeah. and what are the goals of that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you've never been to a First Friday, you need to go. So anyone that's in the area, if you've never been down to downtown Brian, you need to go. Whether you're in College Station, Brian, Hearn, Caldwell, doesn't matter. Uh, downtown Brian puts it on and puts a party on. And Agreed. it's just so much fun. Uh, it, it's truly a gift. I'm so thankful that for the renovations, everything that's gone on down there, and I'm excited for where we're even heading. Uh, Midtown Park, all that area is going to be incredibly exciting. So I'm, I'm so very, very pleased that we have a destination location in that uh, in that way. And so we get the opportunity uh, for our showcase to go down once a year. We're down there all the time in various ways, but it's uh, the city allows us to kind of showcase all that's going beautifully well in Brian ISD. And so we've got campuses, organizations. It's really kind of like a street 
street fair, to be completely honest with you. And we invite the entire community, all of our parents, and then those that are even interested in uh, maybe attending or changing, or maybe they're homeschooled or they're private schooled or they're, they're doing something else. And we, we encourage them to come out to see what we're all about, to see the various offerings. And so you're going to see performances from our mariachi. You'll see uh, ROTC down there. You're going to see a, a mascot relay. Uh, mascot relay took place. You're going to see all of those things that have uh, that are just kind of highlights of what we're doing. The orchestra, the band, the choir, uh, ambassadors, uh, a new program that we've started, a student leadership organization, and then the campuses. And we have these these beautiful campuses, these neighborhood elementary schools, and then we've we stagger them up. They go from a beautiful little small community based elementary school to a little bit bigger intermediate, a little bit bigger uh, mm-hmm. middle school, and then just a, a bigger high school. And when we do that, it gives them these opportunities that you wouldn't be able to do if they were too much smaller. If they were too big, it would be too big to even know our kids. And so it's like a, t- a staggered effect. And you get to meet all the principals, all the representatives. Everyone's down there just talking about what makes their campus beautiful and unique. And it's just a firsthand experience. It's truly wonderful. We're walking around getting to build those relationships with our community and with our parents, uh, whether they're currently in Brown ISD or whether they're even interested in Brown ISD. We invite them out. Yeah. yeah. So as you guys do things like this and you interact with parents and families who may be homeschooling their kids sure. or sending them to a private school, charter Absolutely. school. Um, are they surprised at what Brian ISD offers? Yeah, they do. And so I, I never, you know, we're so thankful for all types of schooling, to be completely honest with you. And we, we are so very proud and respect everyone's individual choice of how they educate their children. So whether it's homeschooled or private schooled, uh, we, we definitely support them and want to in, in any way we possibly can. Even if they don't attend our schools, if they want to come out to our events, we'd love to because we have great relationships and partnerships. Now, I will say that when you get into what Brian ISD offers, it's incredible. I, I mentioned my kids, and it's not about my children. It's just about an example of what you can do. Uh, They can graduate with multiple hours of college credit, meaning they're going to transfer directly into uh, into A&M, Baylor, wherever they want to go. And then I didn't even – I failed to mention Bryan Collegiate. We're literally one of the top – high schools in the Brazos Valley, truly in the nation, uh, graduating with close to 50, 60 hours. I mean, an, an associate's degree coming out of high school, just unique opportunities for them to be able to, to plug in. And so in addition to that, we have all of the extracurricular, all the fine arts, and then the CTE courses available. We have a CTEC center that kids can go out there, automotive, learn how to fix cars. We have uh, engineering. So all of that is available to the kids, and it's it's literally at their fingertips. And so we have counselors, uh, assistant principals, teachers that work with them to try to figure out what is it you want to do? Where is it you want to go? Mm-hmm. How, what, what, when you graduate in four years, six years from now, when you're walking across that stage, where is it you want to head? Are you headed to, to A&M? Are you headed to Harvard? Are you headed to MIT? We got it. We got a young man sitting over at MIT. And when, the, when they're transferring to those locations, when they're leaving us, we want them to be prepared because we're sending them out all over the world and they're impacting the world. And so not only do we want them with prepared for maybe college, but if they want to go to the military, we're so very proud of, of our graduates. And you'll see them walking across the stage if they've committed either uh, in their uniform if they've gone to basic training and they've already uh, completed it or they'll, they have uh, definitely uh, regalia that would, would show th- uh, that they're supporting uh, our military and have signed up for our military. And then we've also got obviously um, 
all the extracurricular stuff that you would expect a comprehensive high school to have, football, basketball, baseball. And so they can plug in and and find their place. And so when we're out there, I think it is, it can be overwhelming um, in in a good way trying to find it. And that's why we make ourselves available so that those relationships, they have a point of contact, not only prior to, but then once they enroll is, um, are are you heading the right direction? We we have a six-year plan. We, We constantly address those plans to be able to make sure that we're, we're all in alignment, that everything's headed in the proper direction, and it's exactly where the parents and the students want to go. Because, I mean, truly, when they graduate, they are prepared. I mean, my uh, their graduates are coming out with, with multiple certificates, multiple uh, college credits, and it's just a unique opportunity to be able to prepare for life after high school. Well, you know, with, with all the career tech and all the, the variety of options for kids right now, I, I think it gives them a better chance, and you, you would know this better than I would, of, of having some idea of what they want to do. Because yeah. I, I know, yeah. uh, you know, w- yeah. when I went to college, yeah. maybe when you went to college, sure. even when my son, yeah. uh, who is still in college, um, arrive, you know, they have a vague it's idea, it and it changes, it but it sounds like they really get an opportunity to kind of get hands-on they and uh, immersive enough to get an idea of, of where their interests are and are not before they ever set foot on a campus. Yeah, and I think... You know, if you do that early enough, especially in high school, there's a safety net, right? So you get an opportunity through relationships and your parents are still around. It's not like a university where they won't even talk to the parents. Yeah, yeah we're still in, in uh, deep relationships with the parents. I mean, it's constant communication. It gives you a better chance to hopefully be successful in, in college because you've, you've tried some stuff on. You figured out, oh, I thought I wanted to be an engineer, but actually I don't really don't like all this math. Or I thought I, I thought I wanted to, to go to med school. Well, actually, I'm in the CNA program and I actually don't like the sight of blood. And so you you do actually get an opportunity to try some of those things on and you figure it out. And again, it's with that safety net. It's with those supports that are in and around you that allow you to venture out to, to, to take risks and to figure it out. And then, of course, adjust. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, allowing students to do that with the understanding that a 15-year-old is not going to understand all of what the world offers and what they think they really like. And so giving them that chance to be able to try it on, to, again, course adjust, to be able to, to make any type of necessary uh, changes that are needed are, is just really, really powerful. Yeah. I think it gives our kids, when they leave, they know, well, I thought I wanted to do this. I don't want to do this. I really want to do this. And so they, they head in with, with really some specificity, uh, with direction, with directionality in those situations. Yeah. If you just tuned in, I'm Jay Sokol. You're listening to Brazos Matters. My guest is Brian ISD's Executive Director of School Leadership, Dr. Brian Merrill. So not long ago, Brian ISD established uh, what you referenced uh, a few minutes ago. I think it's called the Essential Ambassadors Program. Sure. And uh, that's within your secondary schools. Could you explain yeah. what that is and sure. why that makes sense for Brian ISD? Absolutely, yeah. Our ambassadorship program was really uh, a vision cast by by uh, Ms. Carabine and really the school board. And they empowered and, and really entrusted us to say it's, it's just not enough that the teachers are moving in a certain direction, that they can we can talk about the essential aid, we can you know uh, teach lessons, we can um, do everything we possibly can, but we need a student voice, we need student movement. And so at the end of last school year, she challenged us to really look at that from a secondary perspective. 
Uh, and so we did. And so we went out and approached, found the right staff members on each of the campuses, asked them who are their leaders, uh, not only who are the leaders that are that are maybe that we would know of, and then who are the leaders also in really the entire campus, who's leading the campus, who's driving a lot of that culture. Uh, some All positive, and sometimes maybe it's optional. And uh, we really invested in uh, those relationships and, and embedded in them a complete day or more of uh, just training, leadership training. We went out to the Boys and Girls club had an an incredible day of where we we really challenged them to step up and have more of a presence and then it just honestly just it took off it blew up it was quite honestly amazing to watch and so it became just a hugely popular thing where we started putting out in front of them these opportunities for example at the end of last school year we had a special needs prom um those our students can go to any prom they want but what we found is um some of our our students with with disabilities, uh, the, the regular prom they can go to, we, they attend, but maybe if we design something a little more specific for them, that it would look a little different, it might be a little more inclusive and they would enjoy it. For example, just an earlier start time. Some of our students, they go to bed pretty early, and so starting so late just is prohibitive. It's just it's just a problematic. And so our students really wanted to do that, and so we, we had a an amazing prom. It was so much fun at the Boys and Girls Club. We've got it scheduled again for uh, this school year. And so it's just, that was the first example. And then we went into, Ms. Caravan again talked about the Brian Nasty build with Habitat for Humanity. And the ambassadors just took off. They just worked every every event they possibly could. If there was something open or an opportunity for us to attend, we did. Just handing out information, handing out, uh, collecting, uh, if we could, money. Um, just really volunteering in, in the various ways. And so if, if I'm sure you're aware, but we, we did raise over $80,000, and we have started that, that build. And so we've identified a family in the Kemp community, and um, we're going to build that house this next school year. And so we're incredibly excited about that. But that's an example. And to say how much it took off, our elementary and our intermediates looked at it and they were like, well, we want to start something. Hmm. And so we did. And we have a junior ambassador program that's not even a year old uh, that's just started popping up. And they've identified third and fourth graders that are willing to support the campus. Intermediate kids, last night, we had our intermediate night at uh, all three intermediates. We're so very proud. We're opening Sadbury Intermediate over next to Bonham. If you don't know O.W. Sadbury Sr., uh, look his history up. We're incredibly proud of who he is and what he represents in our community. Very proud of the, the naming of that building after him. And so we had all three intermediates. So fourth grade parents were invited up. They were able to, to meet uh, the campuses and the building isn't open yet, but they could meet the principal, Alfred Scott. They could see some of the staff members and um, our ambassadors spoke. And so they got a first hand question and answer session with intermediate kids like what do you love what's difficult what works what should they know and they just handed the mic around and the kids were able to talk directly to the parents and answer questions so it's again adults could answer it but when the kid it comes from the kids it's believable when they're saying hey this is what we want to do this is how we want to behave this is how we want to act and we've challenged them and given them really the the leverage as well as the, the space and the resources to be able to make the changes that they want to see. So it's not enough just say, hey, come to school, be great kids, do great things. We're asking them to lead. We're asking them to serve. And we're asking them to have just an influence beyond what they really probably most high schools expect them to have. And, and making sure that I understand uh, – that the diversity of all kinds, all kinds can be seen in the students who are selected as, as ambassador, that these are kids who have 
perspectives and lived experiences yes, that might not otherwise be yeah. seen and heard. Is that fair? Yeah. I, yes, sir. It, I appreciate you pointing that out. Ms. Carabon was very clear early on. We want a diverse population and, and we are diverse just in our community and that that's racially, but also just in the way that we think about the world, the way we look at the world, the way we interact with the world, our, our experiences, uh, just the, sometimes the groups that we hang out with, out with. And so she really challenged us to look at diversity and then making sure that we had all different types of kids included in it. Because if we're leading from just the fringes hmm. and we're leading from a small group, we're really not leading. I mean, we've got a small group trying to do something, but they're not going to have the influence and the power that the entire representation would. And so, yeah, if you look at it, there's all different types, which I think is what made it so powerful when the parents and the and the students looked out and they they recognized, oh, that's my friend or, oh, that's they, they saw themselves in all of that representation. It was like, well, I want to be a part of that. And so we, we honestly then got an influx of requests from parents, from students, like, can I be a part of it? And so we're definitely opening back. We will open it back up. We, we, we haven't done it yet because it was just too overwhelming. But at the end of this year, we'll open it back up. We'll take applications. We'll have our seniors graduate. We have a gala planned. So we're, we're uh, wrapping our mind around something that Miss Carabon challenged us with that really just kind of took off. It was there, and it was just uh, kind of latent. It was something we all knew we needed or uh, maybe didn't know we needed. But once we saw it happened, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is actually very, very powerful. Excellent. So can we talk a little bit about um, recruiting and retention? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I know that you not only compete with other communities for talented teachers, but you're competing with College Station ISD yeah. and a variety of private and charter schools in and around Aggieland. And it's the same when you look mm-hmm. at police departments and fire departments and anyone who employs engineers and on and on. So what is Brian ISD's strategy to emerge as the employer of choice? Yeah. Is it just dollars or is no, it more than it, that? It's not. It's quality of life. It's the relationships that they build with their campus principals and their staff and those that they work with. I mean, really, when you when you get right down to it, what we want to do is we want to we want to get the pay right and we want to set it over here. So we want to make sure, and, and that's an ongoing challenge. So so hear me. I I think that. Not only is Ms. Carabon, but our school board is always challenging us to to uh, not only be the best that we possibly can be, to give as much as we possibly can, but the reality is, is once you get pay right and you take it over here and you get it off out of the conversation, they, they want autonomy and they want significance, and we offer significance. I mean, we get to educate the youth. I mean, you, you, I, I love my job. I love, I love working with our kids. I don't know of any job that gets to come and make the difference that we do on a daily basis in and around uh, the Brazos Valley. And so when you think about what we're getting to do, that's what just is in us is to be significant, to be able to make a difference in this world. And we offer that. And so getting the right principles, getting the right pay, and then getting that messaging in front of potential employees is, is just really critical. Uh, so significance and autonomy and everyone wants autonomy right they want to be able to go in they want to be able to work they want to be able to to make that significance and so we offer both of those with you know there's some caveats we've got a curriculum that we offer which allows people to not have to create everything so it's overwhelming if I'm going to try to be a if I'm a teacher and I'm going to try to teach uh, chemistry and I'm gonna have to create everything that is overwhelming I've lived that life I can't even describe how daunting it is to be able to have to even try to do that. Well, we offer curriculum. Our our, uh, curriculum instruction department's amazing. And so we've got things they can use, they can add to, they can sculpt, they can make it theirs, they can adjust it to where it feels good, but they're not having to create everything. So when you look at those three things, we got to get the pay right. 
you know, and that, that not only means the dollar and cents, but I, I would just point out our calendar. We have adopted a unique calendar. The school board has trusted us and given us the opportunity and believed in us to create, you know, you know, one of the things that probably doesn't change very often is a school calendar. I mean, it's, you know, when, when we went to school, it's pretty much the same. Right. We have a complete week off during the fall, and we've, we've given that as just a quality of life. Allow the teachers to have a week off in, in the fall to be able to, at fall break, to be able to just stop and relax and be able to collect their thoughts because it's so, the grind is so real in the classroom and, and in the buildings. And so... We listened to our, our staff. They recommended it. We've seen some of that. So we're, we're trying to not only get the pay right and obviously as, as high up as we could possibly go, but then also quality of life through, through that schedule, through that calendar, and being able to offer them something that maybe a traditional sense uh, a business wouldn't be able to do. And so all of those things, we, we, we look at them, and we are in competition. There's a national teacher shortage, yeah. a national teacher shortage across the state of Texas. We, through DOI, were able to fill all of our spots. We have a few maybe that we're still working on. Not since the beginning of the year, but just because things pop up and teachers have to, you know, they move. And we're always going to have that just with Texas A&M here. We're going to be a transient community in yes. the sense that, you know, College Station is as well. You know, the spouse gets relocated. They've got to leave. And so that's naturally going to happen. And so really and truly, we're going to get pay right. And all of the things that go with that, we, we're going to offer them significance. We're going to offer them autonomy. And when we do that and we sell that right, you know, I, I, I would just, anyone listening to this that has any interest in, in being an educator, come on out. I mean, truly, uh, literally, look us up, send us an email. We'll figure out a way to get you in campus, get to get you a, a look at. And I'm telling you, if you're looking for somewhere in the world to make a difference, we do it day in and day out. So do you even go back earlier in the in the life cycle of all this, into the kids in your school district trying to convince them that becoming a teacher is a worthwhile profession. Yeah, because I think, from what I understand, that the number of, of young people right. who are wanting to pursue being yeah. a teacher, that's that's all, that's all been declining. It but ha, how do you guys approach yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I think that through relationships, and we also offer a course, like a, a strand within our current technical education program. We do have uh, classes that specifically students can take. Uh, so all those things are just conversations that you have to have, and, and they take time. Yeah. Um, and, and we do see that on a national level. We see that our programs here at A&M, great programs, Sam Houston State, they're just not turning out the teachers that we once once saw. And um, and so you, you creatively have to look at it, and we have to be active on the market and be able to put, put our, our product out there. And, again, like I – Everyone just in their heart wants to have a significance. We want to have a reason to get up in the morning. We want to have a reason to go to work. We, do, we all want to have something that we look back on that we point to that we're like, okay, my life made a difference. And I'm telling you, I mean, through what we do on a daily basis, relationships with kids, yes, I mean, we, we – I don't really remember anything learning anything. I mean, that sounds crazy. Like, when did I learn to multiply? I can multiply. I don't remember when I learned it, but I remember Ms. Troutman. Yeah. I remember, I remember, that's probably when I learned it, but I can call her out by name. I mean, I, Jerry Drones. I remember what he helped me do in my life and who I am today. And when I start thinking through those individuals that made such a difference in my life, obviously family members, mom, dad, wife, all those people that are closely. And then very quickly, you're going to name a teacher. Hmm. You're going to get to a coach. You're going to get to a teacher. I could go my English. I, I could start naming folks that I don't remember when I learned to conjugate verbs. I don't remember when I learned to do any of that. I, I remember that I learned it. And I also remember how they made me feel in the way that they made me look at the world and the way that they made me understand who I was and what I could do. And so, you know, when you think about that and, I, and you're right, like we, we, we do need to, we need to continue to look for ways to improve uh, and that, that, 
on-road, uh, that map into education, and at the same time talking about raising up the next generation. But again, we make a difference day in and day out. I'm so very proud of what we do. So uh, in the last few seconds, if somebody yeah. is inspired listening <laughs> to you and wants to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Yeah, so on our website, brianisd.org, they can look us up. My name's, uh, it's Brian and Brian, but it's not spelled like Brian. And I wish I wish I were related to the Brians in some way, shape, or form, but I'm not. An incredible family in our community. And then my last name is Merrill. I, I'm not related to Merrill Green, but I, I'll <laughs> take him as well. If you know Merrill Green, our, our famous coach, incredible, uh, incredible families. Uh, but Brian Merrill, and then through our HR, department you can look us up and we're our our information is all over the website so just send an email and we'll be happy to get you where where you need to go dr brian merrill thank you so much for the talk i appreciate it thank you so much you bet brazos matters is a production of aggie lands public radio 90.9 kamu fm a member of texas a&m university's division of marketing and communications our show is engineered and edited by matt dittman you can learn more about us as well as our all-new station, KAMU Classical. You can do that at kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. Thank you for listening.